from Teachings of Rumi. Praising God is pure. When purity has come, all filth packs its bags and leaves. Contrary flee, contraries flee from contraries. Night flies, and when the light of dawn breaks, it no longer is dark. When the pure name comes into your mouth, neither impurity nor grief remain. In the soul and spirit of prayer, I have told you that prayer is a virtuous act. However, the soul and spirit of prayer are more virtuous than a form. Through them we arrive at union with God in a way that only God knows. The condition of prayer from an external point of view is to be made ritually pure by water. The spirit of prayer is to make the heart bleed and weep tears of blood through a spiritual war of 40 years, to be freed from 700 veils of shadows, to go beyond all those shadows and live from the life and existence of God. Go within and let it be. All right. Well, maybe uh, sharing around change might be appropriate today, huh? <laughs> it's fun because just before we started class, of course, we started talking a little bit about some of the history of things unfolding, of endings, new beginnings, things just changing. And, you know, over time, we hear all these different phrases such as, the only thing permanent in this world is change. You know, things like that. And, well, it's true. And so it's important to pay attention to these words and realize that's true of anything that is of this physical experience. Spirit, on the other hand, is always eternal, is always the same. It's always loving. It's always present. It always is. It just is. But everything that is not of that isness is transitory. It is not eternal and never will be. And if you can remember that, if anything, when there's periods or moments of change in your life, no matter what it looks like, whether it's jobs or careers or relationships or moving physical locations or whatever it may be, regardless of the relationship that you have within yourself to whatever the external circumstance is, that it's important to remember it's going to change. And if anything, it's a great opportunity to remind ourselves, oh, that's right. This world is definite. There's a beginning and an end. Where spirit is indefinite, it's eternal. It's always moving, yet always the same. And if anything, when we find ourselves, say, in struggle or the more challenging types of transitions where we find ourselves crying or achy or weeping or whatever that may be because we're having a hard time of letting go, those are the internal attachments that we will go through in life. But to use these as opportunities to remind ourselves those things that we are in struggle with are that which is not eternal, that which is defined in its existence of beginning and end. And that's just the soul's journey here. 
to realize the truth from the illusion, where the illusion has a beginning and the end, and the truth, the spirit, is always eternal. And if anything, spirit is giving us opportunity after opportunity within our own lives to be reminded of that. Because how many times do we have things in our lives that we wish we could hold on to forever and never let go, wishing it would never change and always stay the same, but yet it doesn't. And we often find many of these things seem to be beyond our control. Wow, beyond our control. Oh my God, you mean I don't control everything in my universe? I know that's a little humiliating maybe for some of us. And it's good to be aware of that. To be humiliated, I like to say. What? Be humiliated, that's a bad thing, is it? Isn't humbleness or humility also a quality on this path of spirit? Well, humiliated is that quality of humbleness. It's simply the action of humility. But we often associate it with something embarrassing, something that's degradating or somehow an insult to our existence. That's how we view these things. But what if none of it's an insult to our existence? What if none of it is, but all we're doing is perceiving or judging it that way? What if? Or is that an if? Or is that really the truth of what's going on? And we're waking up to the truth rather than that's just an if. It's good to pay attention because in the life of spirit, it is one based on truth. Those things that are in truth taking place that are going on in our existence and our experience. Not a hope or a wish or what we would fantasize to be, but what really is. That's always a better territory to hold our attention in because in that we are going to begin to find ourselves lining up with and having greater experience with the divine, which is spirit, which is that eternity. And in that we'll begin to awaken and know that greater truth and recognize more of the illusion and in that our attachments, our lessons, those experiences unfolding, yes, that we are here to have, but also here to let go after we have them. And that's often those experiences that are beyond our control, as I was saying a moment ago, that when things just change in our life path without our wanting them to, beyond our control the ones that we have a hard time with. And those are the ones, if anything, that really call to our attention, my God, there is yet a greater power than myself because I am not able to keep it together and keep everything as is in the way I would like it to be. These sometimes seem like harsh reminders, and that's often where we fall into the patterns of judging life, and life is so unfair why is God so mean? Why did God create this? So, of course, what am I saying now? Not only do we have a hard time in ourselves, but then when these changes take place that we don't like, we often do start to blame God or whatever the external circumstance is in our eyes that is creating the change that we don't like in our existence at the moment. 
So we put it out there. And do you realize whenever we're judging or blaming what we're really doing? Do you realize what we're really doing when we do that? We call it control. I know. What are we really doing there? And trying to keep things the same or trying to change things to move them the way we want them to be. Maybe that's a good question to take a look at, to evaluate. What am I really doing when I'm judging or blaming? Oh, yeah, we can say we're trying to create the experience that we want to have. But who is it that's wanting the experience to be a certain way? Which part of us? This is where it can get confusing. And these are the age-old questions we have. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? The ones we call maybe more spiritual. But then the other ones such as, well, am I the mind as I think therefore I am? Am I the soul? Am I the emotions? How I feel? The body? What? Who am I really? What are all these different parts of me? And who's doing the talking and the thinking and asking the questions anyway? And who re- what is it or who is inside of me that really wants things to be a certain way? And when I don't get it the way I want it to be, I judge and resist it and, and blame and try to control. Those are good to look at because in that quest or in that asking, as we ask, we invite. We invite the knowing, the understanding, the awareness to come present within us so that we really do begin to know, to know the truth. Not only to know the truth of spirit, but also to know the truth that is that expression of even all this we call the illusion or time and space, to know all that too. And then we keep going back and expanding that, right? God created all things. So even in the illusion is God. God created all things. And if we want to wake up and know the divine and know our oneness with God, we're going to wake up and know the God that is even in the illusion. And that's why the soul is here. In the soul's experience through this realm of duality we call illusion, we are having experience of God. In this reflective process. And in that experience, that experience is in truth emerging. The soul is merging into this aspect of God that we call time and space. Through this experience we're having here, that all along, even we say in here and all the teachers say about, you know, this realm of good and evil and we're trying to awaken and go back home into the heart of God and the soul realm, back to the soul's true home. Well, did you know or even stop to think and realize that the soul's experience here in the illusion is actually part of that return, part of that merging into the oneness with God? I know we don't look at things this way. We often don't like the experience, so we'll judge it and push it away, try to control it and make it be different than it is. We try to make it be different than the way it is. Jim's shared that story about Moses climbing the top of the mountain and God speaking to God and God saying, as Moses asked, who shall I say sent me? 
I am that I am. And in Hebrew, it translates to that which is. That which is, that divine, living, loving essence of God that we call I am that I am has sent me. I am that I am, that which is, has sent all of us. I am that I am, that is all of us. All we have to do to awaken to that is come back to that place of living in that which is. That which is present. That's why we hear these other phrases like live in the present, live in the, live in the moment, live here, live now. Because within that, here and now and in that moment is where the truth resides and only resides. Not in the past, not in the future, not in the mind or the emotions or the body, but just that which is. What we don't understand often, though, we go, well, yeah, well, right now my truth is in this moment is that I'm really upset. I'm in turmoil. I'm mad and angry with things. I'm sad and hurt with things. That's what is for me right now. That's right. That which is. That is your experience in the moment. So that you that is the soul is merging into that experience we call whatever we call it, all the names and labels we give it. We are having the experience. We are merging into that experience of God, of what is in the moment. But you see, what do we do with that? Because we're disturbed by it and we don't like it, we try to push it away. We create our own separation by our states of resistance and disturbance because we don't like it, so we don't allow it. And the word we use in here, of course, is we don't accept it. We don't have acceptance with that which is our experience in the disturbance, in the illusion, in the separation. And that's what keeps us asleep and unaware of the divinity that we are and that God is. So as we allow ourselves to accept or to simply acknowledge even the disturbance, even our resistance, even our separation and hurt and pain and anguish and our blame and whatever. If we just even accept that in doing so is where we now begin to allow ourselves to experience the greater oneness of God that is in that experience rather than holding it away or pushing it away from us. I hope this is making sense in the way I'm attempting to describe this here. That acronym, Loving, Accepting, Forgiving, is very, very powerful. And I'm just talking about one aspect, acceptance right at the moment. Just that one aspect of acceptance, the power that is in there to not only set ourselves free from the karmas, the attachments, the lessons, the woe is me that we often associate it, and as a reminder, we're redefining the word karma and we're just going to call it stuff from this point, if you remember that from before. Our stuff, if we can just move into that acceptance, then we actually begin to merge into the oneness that God is present in all things. And that's our choice. We can do that. It's amazing when we begin to accept the very things 
that we judge or blame or resist. When we accept those things, we allow that oneness and beingness now to merge. And as we do, that is the soul's awakening into yet a greater oneness with God. And it's amazing when we allow that to take place because in that, guess what? You learn the lesson. You fulfill the karma, the very thing you're resisting. And in that fulfillment is yet a greater awakening, not only emerging, but that awakening into the knowing of the divine. The knowing of the divine. And then all that stuff of disturbance and separation we are experiencing disappears. It just disappears because we are now merged with that. There's no resistance. Have you ever heard that? It's the resistance or state of separation that actually causes pain. So if we let go of our resistance, we let go of the contraction, the the fear, the judgment, whatever that is, then there's nothing there causing the pain anymore. Out of our own choices. We cannot forgive things to get rid of them. And that's what most of us do. We try to work with forgiveness to get rid of it. That's a state of judgment. We're judging it, so I'm going to forgive it and get rid of it. That's often when it doesn't go away, no matter how much forgiveness we do. So it's important to pay attention to our attitude or how we are perceiving and what it is we're doing within ourselves with those circumstances or experience we find ourselves in. That's why often I will talk more about acceptance than I do about forgiveness because I found it to be an easier door to walk through for me because I find often that if I accept it, I accept my judgments, then I'm actually now loving it and allowing it and bringing it into the oneness where often when I find myself trying to forgive something, I often find inside of myself I'm trying to get rid of it because of my judgment and fear and disturbance around it. It's not easy to say, oh yes, I accept, I love bringing to me all this pain and anguish. It's more like we feel in ourselves or think in ourselves, I don't want to invite that in. I don't want to have more of that. Why would I want to accept that and bring it into myself? That's what I'm trying to get away from. I know this seems backwards. That's the challenge in walking a pathway of spirit. It seems backwards. Well, guess what? It's not spirit that's backwards. We've been walking backwards all along because we've been looking in the reflection. That's backwards. All we're doing here as we're learning about these principles of spirit is learning how to walk forwards once again and the way things really work rather than walking backwards in the way they don't work, but yet we've been walking that way for so long, we just don't remember the other way. We've gotten used to doing it this way, looking in the rearview mirror rather than looking ahead. So yes, there is this realigning, reorganizing, retraining and re-educating ourselves to once again come into 
the flow, the natural order of things and the way they really work spiritually, not how they work backwards physically. The biggest difference here is how we perceive and approach our lives. And if you hear what I'm saying, I hope you're beginning to hear the keys and how to begin to transform and change. And for you control freaks, how to control your life with loving, acceptance, and forgiveness. Because in that approach, you could say you're controlling everything. Because as you love and accept and forgive it all, then it all can live within you and through you. There's no states of resistance. There's nothing out of your control. I'm still playing with that word here, so don't get me wrong. But that's a state of expansion and oneness where the soul is living in a place of freedom, and in that freedom, you've got it all, and there's nothing to control. And then in that place, the wonderful thing is, you realize there's nothing you need to control. All you need to do is be in that living, loving presence that we call God, because really, God's got it under control. And all we're doing is surrendering and awakening to that which is already going on. Because in truth, it is God that is all going on. We just don't see it as God as we look at these things in their individualized expression. We see it as something that is separate from God. And as long as we see it that way, we ourselves will remain in that experience of separation. So we have to begin to see within ourselves that oneness where all things are of God. And in that state of existence, it is all God. Even all these things we call the illusion and the reflection, even the judgment and the fear, all of it. If you can begin to find that place within you, that's where you'll begin to truly wake up and know the divine, to really know who you are as that living, loving essence of the Lord and to know what God is. Yes, there is this journey of going in and up and the big bang going into the heart of God. Yes, there is that. But it's all by going through all the little bangs because each one is an awakening. Each one is emerging. Each one is the soul coming into that greater oneness of God that is within all things. There's that word is again, the isness. So it makes all the difference, the approach we take to really wake up. Wake up! If you've been going to sleep, wake up and realize the thing that you do have control over is you and the choices you make. 
That's what you've got control over, is the choices you make to either wake up or to go to sleep. And that's what we're doing all the time. We're making choices to wake up and we're making choices to go to sleep. Just make one more choice to wake up than you do to go to sleep. And you'll get there more and more. So in change and transition, in any type, even on a daily basis, let alone the major ones in, in our lives, practice this with the simple things so that when the big ones come along, they're not so hard anymore. And after time, as you do that, you'll also begin to discover and actually look forward to change and transition because when you approach it spiritually, the way I'm sharing here, it always always gets better. And then there's nothing to miss. It's just an expansion into that which you have loved before. Well, it's your loving expanding to yet embrace and experience even more of all that is. And that, that is a real joy. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this part of the journey that we're doing here physically in the world right now, just in our little changes in ILM itself and moving to a new location here in Austin out of this physical center here, that inwardly I know it's going to be wonderful just because of my years of experience with so many other changes in my life. And I could tell you a lot of them but we'll save those for another time. Like when we're having one of the potluck meals or maybe during the Q&As. But for now, I'll give Jim a chance to talk. So 